All right, welcome back once again to Unedited Portland, home of my friends. Today, live from the Just Paid Rent Studios in Northeast Portland. And you're listening to Easy Star All Stars, their uh, OK Computer reggae track. Hold on a second. And today I have my friend from the Ed Foreman Show band, Them the Band, Mr. JP Downer. How you doing today, JP? Yeah, not a problem, man. Um, so we're here in uh, March Madness with, uh, you know, the we got the game on, the big Kansas-North uh, Carolina matchup for Atmosphere. Yeah, and then uh, we've got a delicious beer in a Paul's Cigars glass from Nation Brewery, friend of my other podcast, uh, the Brew Happy Show on the Knowledge Multimedia Network. But today it's about you, sir. And about uh, them, the band, and what you're doing in uh, town. So, I would ask you for the first question I typically start this with, which is, Mr. J.P. Downer, are you, sir, originally from Portland, Oregon? Okay. Okay. So, originally, technically from L.A., and then, as a young child, moved to Portland. What part of Portland did you move to? Sherwood. Ooh. Yeah, so not technically Portland, but I grew up in Sherwood, which was cool. And, you know, it was nice to move from L.A. where there was people, like, getting shot in alleys in their house to get up to the suburbs and kind of have a normal childhood. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm kind of familiar with Sherwood. I, I lived over in the Beaverton area for a while. Um, it's a smaller town, is it not? That's right. It's got a little bit of a boom. Um, I know some like Intel execs and stuff have retired out there. It's kind of just outside of the city, but it's got you know cheaper land prices, so people were able to to get kind of larger tracts of land. And s- all it really is is like a conglomeration of strip, strip malls and you know, Target and things like that. And and then, but then there's also some farmland and stuff out there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then um, well, when I worked for the McMinimins company, I think we opened a Sherwood Pub That's right. out there, which I went to a couple times. It really is. Yeah, yeah, and it's really small, too. Yeah, food's great, beer's good, but, but yeah, it's small. All right, so Sherwood. And then uh, at what point did you did you make the transition over here to the city? Well, what happened was uh, I graduated high school, and then I just kind of fucked around for a couple years. Standard. Right, and then I decided to go to Musicians Institute in Los Angeles. Wow, so back to L.A. Okay, so so when you're in the Sherwood area, you never made the transition directly to Portland. Um, like you didn't you didn't move out here as the, as a youth. I mean, when I was growing up out there and I was playing bands and stuff, I was out here all the time. And okay, oh, that's an interesting thing because uh, what venues were were the, were you playing at back then? The main one, I think maybe the first one too, was the Lounge. Wow, yeah. on the east side. I used And then leave, right? Yeah, you know, if right. If the, if you weren't too, you know, too obvious for the for the OLCCs, um, and then also the uh, which is now the Hawthorne Theater. Uh, Conan's. You played Conan's. 
uh, as a reggae guy, we were listening to somewhat reggae. It's Easy All Stars, kind of a reggae throwback. Um, they used to have huge reggae shows there. It was a big reggae club, and they had that little uh, couch on the side. I remember, I remember hanging out there a lot. So I miss Conan's Pub actually. Um, have you played since it's become uh, Hawthorne Theater? And what what is your impression? Is it the same? Do you feel? Right, right. Popular shows. Yeah. I I was a little miffed because the, the orientation of Conan's Pub, it was kind of a underground, kind of a little like seedy thing. And, and yet we packed it in for the shows we wanted to see. And obviously now it's a little more all ages, nouveau. And, and I'm sure it makes them a ton more money and it makes more sense for that property as a whole. Because it had some random stuff. They had like the, the glass pipe museum and then like the weird like India shop. Indian restaurant. When we play there, there's a little uh, hallway that connects the two, and it shares a bathroom with the people that are eating at the Indian restaurant. So there's like people getting ready for their gig and drinking in and like going crazy and stuff. And then nice families just having a nice India dinner. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's cool. So that's kind of one of the things I like to talk about in the city is how it's changing and like um, everyone thinks of us as a musical town, which we are, but we're also an evolving musical town. Like the, it's not, it's not like Seattle where, you know, Paramount, Showbox, all these things are like always there. Like we have the Crystal Ballroom, we have Roseland, but other than that, most of the venues have just sprung up in the last like 10, 15 years, you know, and, and are always changing and the owners are changing and No, they're really cool. Yeah. I like how they run it. Yeah. And they, they fixed everything up and the food's great again and all that stuff. That's good. And I mean, they have a really nice outdoor seating area, which is kind of a big deal since smoking's not legal in bars in the city and smoking's still, you know, a good portion of the population. So, um, you know, it's got that. It's got, it's got reasonable sound. You can kind of hear it throughout the whole venue. Um, it's kind of intimate if you stay on the stage side. And uh, yeah, I like the Tonic Lounge. All right, well, let's take it back a little bit. Let's say so you're 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 bouncing around in Sherwood, and then you make the choice to go to L.A. Uh, what what brought you into music in the first place? Were you in the band in in high school? Were you? Yeah, well, I was. You know, I was just playing like trumpet and stuff in in uh, elementary school and junior high, and then when I was in eighth grade, one of my buddies was like, "Okay, listen, we're starting a band. I'm playing drums. This dude's playing guitar. Play bass." Nice. Because. So, for those that don't know, yeah, you're you're famous for playing the bass. I assume you probably know how to play other instruments. Sure, I can play, but you know, I can play guitar but, and things like that. But you kill it on the bass. That's, that's, that's I mean, I'm definitely more hours on that than Yeah. And uh and, and so he brought you in on the bass. What was the name of that incarnation or band? That was the eleventh finger. The ele- <laughs> <laughs> And how long how long did that project go for? Nice. Of course, of course. Just just funny, but rock songs. Yeah, right on. And then um, carrying that over into high school, did you continue to play the trumpet, or what did you do? Right. I used to see flyers all the time. They'd be like, drummer needed. Right. Yeah. yeah. And bass is 
Right. Yeah, no, I know, because people, it's not as glamorous to some people as the guitar, which is like the rock star holds yeah. the guitar. You don't hear about the rock star with the bass, even though there are plenty. Yeah, and like, I'm I'm friends with Eric Lewis. I don't know if you, oh, yeah, yeah he's great. great on the bass. And, and, uh, and I mean, there's plenty of good, and in reggae, bass is very key, because it's, I mean, it's very simple bass to some people, because it's kind of repetitive, but if you didn't have that, it wouldn't be reggae. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um yeah, it's funny that people don't hold the the same notoriety to the bass, but then they still need it. It's fine with me. I really do. Yeah. yeah. Now Corn, Corn had a pretty pretty frontline bass guy. That guy was pretty much in your face every time. Yeah, yeah. And then and there's a couple. There's like Flea. Flea was of yeah. good basses. Yeah. Really? How how was that? I I God, I have not seen them since. Right. Yeah, I uh, I just pointed at my shirt because I'm wearing a Soundgarden shirt, and they uh they I think they just got back together. I miss I miss their return to Portland, but I I'm gonna I'm gonna have to catch them on this reup tour and see if it's any any good. Um, well, okay, so then you're you're bouncing around. You end up in L. A. What what was this music school like? What was Right. No, no one's t- teaching you the harpsichord in the uh, <laughs> music no, institution. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. So, did you find your yourself progressing faster during that era than you than outside of the schooling environment and learning music, or like what what to somebody that hasn't thought about going to a music school? What's the what's the benefit versus just practicing in a garage? Do it all over again. So it's the immersion that that's the difference. So you're kind of saying if you really were, if you're able to be that disciplined on your own, you might get the same effect. Right. Just as good. Right. It's kind of like locally, uh, I've been doing a lot of comic interviews. On the comedy scene, I, I heard a threshold was people took Ian Carmel's improv classes. And like right. half the people that are doing stand-up in Portland reference, well, about three, four years ago, we were taking classes from Ian Carmel. And now, of course, Ian's, you know, on the blow-up, and, and all these other guys are just kind of moving. Really 
Yeah, and, and that was a, a thread, a carrying thread was, well, yeah, we went to these classes and, and we listened to this person and he, you know, instructed us into kind of what we were doing right and what we were doing wrong or what we might want to consider. And I think that's probably what you're talking about in the school. You also have instructors there, people that are, you know, hey, th- you don't have to do this, but here's something you may want to consider. Oh, yeah. And then... And Well, that's pretty cool. So then, okay, you make, so we'll get back to about three, four years ago, and, and you make your return to the city. Uh, what was your plans then? Like, did you want to start a band to release an album? Like, what 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 did you really want to do when you got what back? What happened was, uh, I met uh, my now wife when I was at... Congratulations. No, not to call you out. I'm noticing you're not wearing a ring. Is that is that a choice by the both of you or? To make to prove that I'm married. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 I'm, I'm, not, I'm not making fun of you, but that's interesting. Yeah. I. I yeah. I think that's a uh, that's a strong. It's a show strength of the the relationship. It's not symbolic. It it is what it is. You know. You know. And if you're going out on a nice night on the town, you want to wear the ring, throw the ring on, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So then, oh, you were saying, so then you guys got married and you came here and then... We lived in L.A. for a while. Uh, we, you know, we were doing our jobs. I was working at community school that I went to and uh, she was working at a record label and then we decided to leave. Have, you know, enough of L.A. We went on and worked at a record duo on a cruise ship. <laughs> wow, that sounds like an SNL bit. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Oh, definitely. Okay. And so, uh, what is she doing now in the area? Okay. And then you're doing uh, the Ed Foreman Show band stuff. Uh, Alsden, part of the Crystal Hotel, McMinimans. Um, and anything else is going on? Is there any other projects that you have going on that we're not aware of, or that I? Okay. And uh, it really opened up a lot of cool opportunities for me. But um, I played with the Jacob Merlin band and Sarah Dillon's band. Um, also, uh, I have a band called Emulator. Have you seen Emulator? I think I've seen Emulator, yeah. It's a uh, video all that covers of NES songs. Yeah. Nice. Uh, is there any type of tour in the works for the emulator, or you guys just kind of do the Northwest yeah, thing? Nice. So, you, do you find yourself with just these couple of projects? He's pretty busy, or is? Yeah, that's three days. Check. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. 
And then are you guys also practicing for that for the be the them band? Like how often are you guys gonna meet? We don't the band that we're using for the show. Yeah. Hey, get your your end of this taken care of, and yeah, and we'll all like talk about what we're gonna do next week, and then we just all learn it indi- individually. And the first time, you might you know might kind of just stumble through it, but then you know we have there's always tomorrow, right? And then you know eventually after we play three four times, we're feeling it, and that's another song for uh, for your for your set. And then I noticed you guys uh, go have two rotating keyboardists. Yeah, well, because you know, <clears throat> is either one officially in the band, or are they both officially in it? Okay. Okay. And uh, he has a he can't do Thursday nights because he gets up early on Fridays, and uh, so Matt's there definitely, and we just kind of switch off whenever Matt can't make it he'll come or vice versa. So. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I I've noticed it's pretty seamless when the. Yeah, totally. Yeah, they're both like killers. I could not imagine when when I played with Dave, I was like, there's nobody that'll ever be as good yeah. as you. And then Matt can line, and he's really great as well, and they both, you know, they're both. Yeah. do the same thing yeah that's that's really good man um and i mean i guess i could uh kind of interlude the people with a little clip that we have here but uh this is a selection from a album or recording that you've picked for us and you have the hard day's night so let's see what we got here do you know when this was recorded okay Nice, good call. And so for people that don't know, you guys play instrumentals. You have your own songs, but you also play instrumentals of a lot of the top hits for for the last 30, 40 years. With the vocal being replaced with the keyboardist. <laughs> I, I always like this one when I hear it at the show. Yeah, just a little taste for the people there. They should uh, look it up, you know, see if, you, uh, if you're available on a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday night in Portland and come check them out live. But uh, so what are your favorite tunes? Like I've noticed you guys do. That obviously was uh, the Beatles. Um, you guys do stuff from the 80s, from the 90s. I remember hearing a Toadies tune the other day. Yeah. Is there uh, is there any particular era you're more? Well, like, you know, I was like 13 when all that stuff started coming out, you know, 90s alternative stuff. So then we do a lot of that stuff because I love it. And I think it's kind of funny that everyone's kind of funky. Right. Yeah, and I really enjoy that. And then, and then once in a while, you get the classics, the the Beatles, and the and yeah, like right. It it really kind of meshes with what you guys are trying to do. Like it's easy to kind of somehow translate the vocals into keys. Identifiable, yeah. Yeah. 
it, it's really fun, and I mean, I really t- uh, encourage anybody to go down to Al's Den, and it's it starts officially at uh, 10.30, and then you guys play for about the first half hour. And then and then Ed comes on, does his thing, and there's a couple different intermissions where you guys play, or one at least, and then you guys finish out the night and show's over, you know? Nice. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, yeah, the Red Fang guys, I work at the Shanghai Tunnel, and uh, I guess like half of them used to work there. So, like, we're. Nice. 30th of March. Okay, well, yeah, this, sh- I mean, and normally I'd have this up uh, by about 5 o'clock, so it should be should be up and up and running by then. In the in the near future, hopefully. I mean, once I Facebook post it, friends, listen. Um, but yeah, so the the uh, unseen character in this episode and all episodes of the show is the city of Portland, and um, I like to to bring my guests um, into the fray of the city and ask them kind of questions about how, how their impressions of the city and how it how it leads to the creative side. Um, what do you think about Portland? What stands out to you as as Portland? Okay. So it makes everything look much better to live. Right. Everything looks, you know, cleaner. Through my eyes, cleaner and <laughs> brighter and happier. And I really noticed that uh, coming back to visit too. Is there more of a sense of community here or something? Yeah, just overall, people are much nicer. I mean, I remember, like, living in LA for a while, coming here to visit, just stopping in at, like, a, you know, a coffee shop or something and ordering something, and everybody's all nice. And yeah. Because, you know, anything service related or whatever, basically, that's just everybody having a good time. So now, on the financial end, as a bassist, is there more competition, so it would be harder to get gigs down there, or is there less gigs up here, so it's harder? Like, wh- where would you make more money as a bassist? Does it would it be better for you financially in LA? It depends. Because if I if I stayed down there and kept plugging away and playing with people and stuff, I could have gotten on a, a big name gig. Right. But I think you know, and that's fine. But uh, you know, but I, it's possible here now. I mean, the more things kind of get interconnected with the internet and everything, that right. What is the internet? No. <laughs> I I I post this through the mail. I hope I hope that's how you get your podcasts. <laughs> this is this is a snail mail podcast exactly. It comes on cassette tape. We're actually recording to cassette tape right now. Oh well, then you. I'm glad you're one of our listeners then <laughs> to, to cassette tunes with Mikkel. Um But yeah, no, I I, I and I'm always kind of curious to that. I I hear a lot of people talking about moving to New York and moving to L.A. and Seattle even. And and I'm noticing that that's less and less necessary, yeah. you know. Yeah, and a different uh, another great thing is here people are more willing to play uh, without wondering what's in it for them. You know, you can do that. You can look at you, there's people that are looking for like a good band to be in or something. Right know, for the experience. Right. Now, um, now that you're officially in the city, you've spent time in LA. You're growing up in Sherwood. Are you a fan of the Portland sports teams? Do you like the Trailblazers? All right, it's rough. <laughs> Um, 
and now technically previous guest on the show, uh, Mr. Rob Free Throw Guy, uh, is your guys' sponsor of the band, technically. Yeah, and, and, and I, I officially is listed as the sponsor of the band. Yeah, the way that works, he was, you know, he was funding some of the uh, video editing and stuff, and since he's uh, our number one fan, he wanted to give back to the band, so that's pretty cool. Nice, okay, cool, yeah, 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 no, and I, he, very nice guy, he came out, um, did the show here, um, he's actually maybe one of the last guests to record here at the Just Paid Rent Studios, um, I was doing all my away matches at, uh, the Sunday Lounge, which just shuttered its doors last week. So, yeah, yeah so um, I'm now, I'm kind of uh, an orphan again. So I'm back at the JPR. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm in talks with a few different venues. I've worked with a few. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Like, the Sunday just really embraced what I was trying to do, where I'm like, I'm going to come in when you're slow. I'm going to bring people. We're going to pay for our tab, and we're going to be upstairs quietly and not bother anybody. People can come play shuffleboard. I won't stop them. But I just need an atmosphere where my guests feel comfortable and I'm not inviting. Because there was a lot of, like, younger women doing things, you know, like in their 20s. And I don't want to be like, hey, lady, you want to come over to my house? Yeah. I was like, that's even though it, there, it's, you're only here for 35 minutes, it's just it's not the same as saying, hey, why don't you come out to the Sunday Lounge and we'll, we'll do a little thing. So, yeah, I, I should. I need to talk to, to the McMinimins guys. Um, it's tough sometimes with the bigger... Um, it depends on how the the location deals with it. Whether they go, well, we need to talk to the big wigs first. Yeah, it might be. I know, and I'm not necessarily that bad. I did one interview at Burbotti's, and it was on a Sunday, and I, I I was considering setting this up for there, but um, it it worked. I don't know. It's a little loud. And so the someday was so intimate. It was so perfect. So I'm just trying to find that perfect fit. I've talked to Momos. They're kind of cool about it, but they're also kind of a little hipstery about it. Like, I don't know, man. Like, what what do we get out of it? You know, and I'm like, I don't know. What do I get out of it? You know, I'm not getting anything out of this. Exactly. Every time. Yeah. Live at the Just Paid Rent Studios. Um, but, you know, I... It, I do feel like the city has a lot of options for me and what I'm doing creatively. And I kind of see that's what you're saying that for you, it's the same way that, that, you know, maybe there's not as much money in everything we do, but there's a little more appreciation. There's a lot more participation and people that just care. It it isn't. It really isn't. I, uh, you know, this is a studio apartment. I, I, I cook in a basement at the Shanghai Tunnel. You know, my life, my life isn't exactly glamorous, as it were, but it's great. You know, I get a, I get a snowboard when I want to. I get to host these these wonderful podcasts on the Knowledge Multimedia Podcast Network, which I made up, and uh, and I get to uh, really enjoy this city for what for what it is for me, which is what you were saying: kind, nice people, creative people, and and not LA. <laughs> You know, which you know, I love. I love LA still for other reasons. And yeah, great, obviously great experiences down there. I really like to visit too. But last time I was there visiting and playing shows and stuff, I was like, yeah, cancel it. I, you know, the, for to live right and I, I definitely want to network and i want i want people i know in in new york and i want people i know in la like right now i have a couple people in dc and a couple people in boston and then a whole group i grew up in seattle so a bunch of people in seattle but that's it you know i like outside of portland you know i kind of i i need some people down in la and so i'm gonna have to start taking some trips down there and kind of meeting people and, and getting my foot in that door as it were um well, I mean, really, we've we've kind of covered the main points. Uh, I, I figured out where you're from. I uh, 
I, I brought the city into the, the focus. And, and so, in my mind, we could move on to the fastest growing and popularity game, Questions with Mikkel. All right. So, um, as you know, I prepared these questions in advance. Jot <laughs> <laughs> Ten, 10 seconds before, exactly. So Questions with Mikel is pretty simple. It's a, it's, it's a basic trivia game about Portland and the local Oregon area. And uh, it continues as long as you get the questions right. If you get all of them right, then we go on to plugs. If you get anyone wrong, then we go straight to plugs. And then uh, following our little plugs portion, we'll do uh, the arbitrary question. So um, we'll start with this. Uh, you play with them band at the Ed Foreman show Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights at 10.30 at Al's Den in the basement of the Crystal Hotel, which is owned by McMinimins. Now, the McMinimins brothers in the 1980s uh, assisted a lobbying arm to pass a law that made it legal for brew pubs to serve beer. It's true. Um, and so they already owned a couple bars, but they had one brewery and they finally were able to open a brew pub aside to that brewery to serve beer directly from the brewery. This brewery is near Wilson High School in West, kind of West Hills area. Do you know which McMinimins was the original Oregon brew pub? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Wilson, Wilson High School. You're getting close. It's not Raleigh Hills. I worked there. That's a brew pub. This is a brewery and brew pub. What's the name? West Hills. Hillsdale Brew Pub is the correct answer. I don't mind actually giving giving people a little bit of a hint. So yeah, um, I'm a political science major and a beer lover, so I like that story that they were able to change laws, and now that's their entire empire is based on that. So so there you go, the Hillsdale Brew Pub in the West Hills. So yeah, yeah. So the the barley the barley mill pub is their original br uh, bar. And then the Hillsdale Brew Pub's their original brew pub. Okay, so speaking of bars, um, there's a particular bar in, I guess it's northwest Portland, that um, bar is actually in the name. Is it? Wait, where? Okay, well, I'll go ahead and ask a question. Do you know the name of the bar that has guitar strings inside a vending machine? Uh, it is not the Tiger Bar, and you know what? I just realized that I asked this question that I don't, I don't have the answer <laughs> off the top of my head because I technically we will move to the third question because I was thinking the Low Bar, but the Low Bar were guests on our show. Is there a Low Bar in Portland? I don't think so. So the Low Bar is in Vancouver. There's a bar in. Northwest Portland that has a vending machine. I was just there the other day. It's right next to Moonshine. Oh. Well, anyway, okay. We're going to pass on that because I don't even know the answer to that. But, no, they totally have that you can buy guitar strings up till midnight. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. They have bass strings, guitar, and then, like, uh, amp batteries and stuff, you know, like the little, yeah. Um, and cigarettes. I think it also had cigarettes. So everything every um uh, everything a uh, uh, the a band may need i'm actually really upset that i don't know the name of uh of that bar i'm going to have to like call somebody but um all right we'll move on i'll 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 give the answer in a second that doesn't count cuz i didn't i didn't didn't get the answer in time yeah you did i was like god i hope he knows this cuz i realized right as soon as i saw it i'm like oh shit it's not low bar oh well Question three, questions with Mikael. This will all go in the uh, omissions and corrections episode. 
eventually I'm going to have to do. Um, all right. So question three. Can you name for me, since I was discussing the fact that I like politics, that there was any other city in the state of Oregon that held the title of state capital at any point in our history? Any any city. There's one that's actually in the Portland kind of greater metro-ish area, and then there's one that's a little bit further south, and and then there's Salem. But um, they went back and forth over about a 10-year period between um, the three cities. Um, but yeah, can you name one? What what would be a, a city in Oregon that could be the capital at some point? A city in Oregon. A city in Oregon. Yes. Oregon City was the original capital of of the state of Oregon. It moved to Salem, and then. Um, they uh there was this weird controversy and while the legislature was on hiatus th- secretly the legislature burned down and so the the supreme court of salem uh or of of oregon moved it to corvallis in a midnight showing so for 3 months corvallis was the uh the uh the, the legislature but once the legislature returned the first act of session was to move the capital back to salem so so there you go there you go <laughs> it's a hollow victory defaults yeah like i don't even know i don't even know i can't that's this is what happens when you make up the questions 30 seconds before you do the interviews so that was fun yeah a little little venture down so plugs portion i think we've been doing it the whole show but nice I like all that. And then um, I'm also available at uneditedportland.com, part of the Knowledge Multimedia Podcast Network, which I made up. And um, I'm going to be at the U-Brew on Wednesday at, what time, 6 p.m.? We'll start our our special guest is Aaron Ross. And actually, I believe our special guest is Ed Foreman. (laughs) Aaron Ross came on my show. He knows all about Ed Foreman, though. Oh, of course. I got a <laughs> my wife. That's a, there's a podcast. Oh, what's Vine? Is that an app? Is is that what cool kids are doing now? Is that like the, yeah? Okay. We'll follow him on Vine. That's just Vine with me. Okay. Um, it's an arbitrary question. Now, unfortunately, this question is designed for you to get it wrong. So I apologize in advance for the pain and suffering to which you're going to endure. But Mr. JP, downer of the Ed Foreman show, band, them the band, I want to ask you, where's the best place to drink beer in Portland? Best place to drink beer in Portland. That, my friend, is an excellent answer, but I'm unfortunately sorry to tell you it is incorrect. The correct answer is the OHSU tram, my friend. OHSU tram. Thanks again, JP. Down. Appreciate it. <laughs>